You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! So, today it's episode 51, and guess what? We finally did it. We're heading to Cape Town. So, after almost a year on the road, traveling from Paris by land to Cape Town... I did it. <laughs> Trust me, I never thought I would many, many times. I mean, how I'm still alive, I don't know. <laughs> Just from this trip. <laughs> okay, so picking up where we left off from last week's episode, where we were told that we had to leave Luderitz, which is a little town in Namibia on the coastline, on Boxing Day, because a little, let's call it a Bruce Lee moment. <laughs> If you missed last week's episode, make sure you catch it to hear all about that little incident. <laughs> so I'm still traveling with four friends that I met in Harare, Zimbabwe, who had a Land Rover. So they were Warren, who owned the Land Rover, and he was English, and he drove down from England to get to Cape Town. So very similar trip to mine, except for he had his own transport, which was much, much easier. I was loving living the life of luxury, having my own vehicle, well, being part of the crew that owned the vehicle. And then there was Ollie, who's a New Zealand guy, and two Australian girl cousins, Leona and Lisa. Yeah, we've been traveling together pretty much almost two months at this point. So after we left Luderitz, we headed down to Fish River Canyon, which is the second biggest canyon in the world after the Grand Canyon. It's 550 meters deep, 27 kilometers wide, and 160 kilometers long. It's absolutely beautiful. So we camped there for one night near the entrance, which is near a very famous viewpoint called Hell's Bend. We went up to the canyon. We couldn't go down into it, but walked along it. It's beautiful. It's so vast. And I've never been to the Grand Canyon, so this was amazing to see this, basically. So the next day, we just beelined it to Cape Town because we wanted to get there before New Year's Eve. So this was probably like December 28th, something like that, in 1993. <laughs> so traveling was a lot different back then. You know, no internet, cell phones, ATMs, none of this old modern tech gadgets that we got nowadays, <laughs> which makes traveling so much easier. Although I think less adventurous, if I'm going to be honest. So it took us about nine hours to get down to Cape Town. We had a couple little stops and pretty much went along the coast. And then once we got to Cape Town, which is stunning, honestly, it's one of my, well, I think it's one of the most beautiful cities that I've been to, definitely in the top 10 and just in a, a great city, such an awesome vibe. It still kind of has a smaller city vibe to it, but it's one of the biggest cities in South Africa. So we managed to find, there's basically a house that was a hostel 
you know, kind of like an Airbnb, but way before Airbnbs existed. <laughs> but it was an awesome location because we could walk into town and it had a pool and there was some amazing other travelers staying there. So we were just like a happy house. First night, we just basically went, there was a nearby grocery store. So we went there, got some groceries and just cooked up a feast and chilled there. Because like I said, we had a very long day driving. And then the next day, we headed into town and, of course, had to go up Table Mountain. And Table Mountain, of course, is that well-known flat-topped mountain, kind of the backdrop of Cape Town. It's absolutely stunning. So we did the cable car up it, and the views from up top are incredible. Just 360 views. You can see the Atlantic Ocean. You can see Cape Horn, obviously all Cape Town. Yeah, highly recommend doing that for sure. And then we just kind of went back into town, check it out, because the, the waterfront is amazing as well. And it's even more built up than when I was there. So it's just full of beautiful boats and lots of outdoor restaurants and bars and just an awesome vibe. There's loads of water sports you can do. And there's like a nice little garden setting as well. And then there's two main streets in the town, which are, again, full of bars and restaurants and you know, shops, cafes, all that. Just really, really awesome vibe. And we just, yeah, basically spent the next few days just chilling at the house or going into Cape Town, mostly the waterfront, drinking lots of lovely South African wine, <laughs> as well as amazing food. And then for New Year's Eve, the whole house, so there's about 15 of us, decided, okay, we'll go into town together and try and get into some bars. And But they just did a massive street parties down those two main streets. So all of down, like pretty much downtown was just shut off and people, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the streets and you could drink on the streets. So no problems there. However, I really needed to go to the bathroom at one point and well, we couldn't see any outdoor toilets or anything like that. So you kind of had to talk your way into the bars. And of course, in front of every bar, there was like long queues to get in. So it was about, I don't know, 10 o'clock or so. And I think me, Leon and Lisa, we managed, we talked our way into, to get into, it's called the Black Crow Bar, just to use the bathroom. We're like, okay, we'll be right back. Yeah, we've heard back from hundreds of people. But we somehow got in. So the three of us went to the bathroom and then, you know, we're in the bar. So I was like, well, let's just, you know, have a quick drink. So we did that. And then the next thing, you know, I lost them. I don't know where they went, but I was, uh, I was sitting at the bar having a drink and there's this super hot guy next to me <laughs> who had a bottle of tequila in front of him. So I guess he just bought the whole bottle. And I said, oh, tequila. Yeah, I love tequila. And he's like, well, do you want a shot? And I'm like, yeah, go on then. Well. Him and I just hung out the rest of the night, brought in the New Year's, everything. <laughs> I drank that bottle of tequila between us with some beers. Oh my gosh, I was just so hammered. Then he's like, well, do you want to come back to my place? I'm renting a house like on the waterfront. I was like, sure. Because he was a Dutch model. Like he was flown over to do a shoot. So that's what I mean. He was super hot. What he was doing chatting to me, I don't know. But <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't question it. <laughs> So we somehow got a taxi back to his place because it was outside of town a little bit, but it was absolutely beautiful. It was all like glass front house overlooking the ocean. You know, obviously got a little bit of action going on, which was nice as well because <laughs> it'd been a while. And then the next morning, he made me breakfast and paid for my taxi to get back to my 
the hostel, the house I was staying at, because he was flying back to Amsterdam the next day. So, yeah, and they go back to the house and everyone's like, what happened to you? Where the hell were you? We didn't even bring in New Year's together. I was like, well, trust me, I brought it in pretty good. (laughs) It was just amazing. I had such a blast in Cape Town. There, like I said, so much to do. And in the meanwhile, I'd been writing letters to my grandma because, you know, like I said, no internet. (laughs) And to call home was really expensive. And I found out that, well, actually, before I left, I knew, but Grandma had, was writing to her uncle, so my great-great-uncle, who had been living in Durban for, like, at that point, 10, 15 years, and he was an ex-Royal Navy commander. Most of my family are English, and I'm half English, and after this trip, I ended up living in England for over 20 years. But I never met him, and I don't even think my grandma had seen him probably since before she left England. So after he traveled around the world twice with the Navy, he ended up settling down in Durban. So she'd said, well, listen, my granddaughter is, you know, traveling around Africa. Would you like to meet her? And of course, he was like, yeah, that would be awesome. Because I don't think he'd seen any of his family for many, many, many years. So that was my next plan. I was going to go to Durban and meet my great, great uncle Doug and stay with him for a little bit. Because at this point, I had decided that, well, first of all, I had no money. I had maybe a hundred bucks left, like zero topped out. So I thought, well, I could probably work in Durban and stay with him and save up some money because I'd already decided I was going to, I was going to go to England from Africa and not go back to Canada. That was like the bad, I mean, I could stay with him for free as well as get a job and save up some money because I thought for some reason, I do not know that it would be cheaper for me to fly from Nairobi to London, England, then from Johannesburg. So I was going to hitchhike back to <laughs> Nairobi by myself, thinking it wouldn't take me too long. Well, it ended up taking me about three months. <laughs> yeah, just ridiculous. So you're going to have to listen to next week's episode to hear about my six weeks I spent in Durban and about my meeting my Uncle Doug and again, another near-death experience. <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't know how many... I should really count how many times I had those just in this trip, but it's got to be close to 10 for sure. Not to mention when I was traveling with what I called the, the Commonwealth crew, the five of us, he had a seat car seat bolted onto the Land Rover. So I used to sit up there all the time. So, I mean, if we would have gone to any kind of accident, I would have been dead. Luckily, that didn't happen. I mean, we the most that really happened was getting stopped by animals crossing the road, like zebras and giraffes and even a black mamba snake. Because <laughs> luckily where I travel with them is pretty flat the whole way through, like Namibia, the Capri Strip as well. But of course, yeah, listen to some of the past couple episodes to hear about all those adventures. I just want to say thank you so much for sticking with me for actually almost a year we're doing the podcast as well. And this is episode 51 and we finally made it to Cape Town. So I hope you have enjoyed yourself as much as I have. But of course, it's not over yet because we go back to Nairobi hitching and um, yep, there's a few <laughs> few more harrowing uh, events coming up as well. So make sure you subscribe so you get to hear those and finish this trip with me. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one is about Fish River Canyon. As I said, the entrance is about 10 kilometers from Hell's Bend at the viewpoint. 
or Hobas Rest Camp, which is one of the two places you can stay. And you can also do the Fish River Canyon Hiking Trail, which is between four and five days. It covers 85 kilometers. And that's open from May 1st to September 1st. And it's closed the rest of the year because it's just too damn hot. And only if you're doing the hiking trail can you actually go into the canyon. So day trippers can't go down into the canyon. It is $35 per person to do the hiking trail for five days, four to five days, which is really good, actually. And the entrance to the park is $11 per person. But if you're going to do this hiking trail, then you need to actually have a medical certificate, which is no older than 40 days from a doctor because of the heat. And it's quite a strenuous hike, so you need to be fit to do this. And Fish River Canyon, it goes along. The, the Fish River is the longest river in Namibia, and it's 800 kilometers. And obviously, in the wet season, it's there, the river's there, but in the drier season, pretty much dries up, or at least parts of the river dries up. So if you wanted to stay the night before your hike, then there's two places, Hobos Campsite, which is the one I was talking about, which is right near the entrance, and that's $28 per campsite, so that you can have up to eight people. And then the other one is AA's Hot Springs, which is $28 for the campsite for four people. And then you can leave your car at other places for free. And then they have shuttles that go to the start of the trek for $20 per person. So it's a pretty good deal. I mean, you can do the whole thing for $67, bucks, which is a really good deal for a four to five day hike. And you can even just drink out of the river with like a either using tablets, like chlorine tablets or something like that. But I would recommend getting one of those straws. I had one of those for my Central American trip last year. They were awesome. They're so small and they're pretty cheap, like 10, 20 bucks. It's good for like 500 gallons. So yeah, check those out. And then if you are doing the hiking trail, then you definitely want to bring sleeping bag because it gets hot in the day, but it's cold at night. And I think you have to bring all your own food. And for tip two is for Table Mountain. So it's just over a thousand meters, a thousand eighty-six meters from sea level, right behind Cape Town. And then if you wanted to do the cable car, it is twenty-seven dollars return for adults or thirteen dollars for kids. But there are four different hiking trails that if you wanted to climb up it, you can instead. Or maybe like go up it on the cable car and then come down <laughs> by walking, which would probably be easier. Like there's four different trails and some, you know, they depend on how long they take, how steep they are. So look those up if you're thinking about doing that. I would not recommend walking that by yourself. So you can either hire guides or even tours. And also be aware that the weather changes very quickly. So make sure you bring the appropriate clothing. And obviously lots of drinking water. And tip number three is, well, there is like so much to do in Cape Town and the surrounding areas. Like we'd be here all day for this the mall. But there's like lots of different water sports. You can go see the seals. There's lots of different beaches. There's boulders, which is a really renowned place. There is the Kirstenbosch Gardens, which is a botanical gardens. There's lots of vineyard tours you can do. I mean, like I said, there's just so much to do. Just to hang out in the, in the city itself is so much fun. And like I said before, I mean, the restaurants are exceptional. So you'll have lots and lots to do in Cape Town. And then for solo female travelers, 
I felt completely safe in Cape Town. You know, I go off with random guys. But as I've said many times, do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> so the only thing I'd really say is, yeah, if you're going to do any kind of hiking anywhere, like up Table Mountain or whatever, first of all, make sure you tell someone which trail you're taking. If you're going to do well any of the hiking, because there's lots of hiking around Cape Town, not just Table Mountain. You know, so make sure you tell people where you're going and what trail you're taking and don't hike alone as a woman. I would say there's lots and lots of other travelers there. So hook up some other people or go on a tour just because, you know, like I said, the weather changes really quick. You could get lost or even animals, you know what I mean? So it's much safer to do hiking with at least another person. I mean, now we have mobile phones, which of course I didn't have back then. And I did do a lot of hiking on my own throughout Africa, but again, probably not sensible. Okay, so yeah, that's about it for this week's short but sweet. After my Durban episode, I started writing in my journal again, so I can now give you a lot more details. The last few episodes, this is literally just based on memory, and luckily I have a big map of Southern Africa, and I put my route on that because there's some stuff I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot I went there. So I'm glad I had that map at least. So yeah, after the Durban episode... We're back on it when I start hitching up with my journal. <laughs> so yeah, a bit more details. Okay, and of course you can find out all any more info on the website, mainroadstravel.com. And like I said, make sure you subscribe. If you'd like to leave a review, I would love to hear it. You can do that easily on Apple or go to podchaser.com and just look at Many Roads Traveled. And if you leave a review there, they donate 25 cents for every review to Meals on Wheels. See you next Thursday when you hear about my crazy adventures with my uncle, well, great-great-uncle in German. <laughs> okay, so until next time, safe travels, one road at a time.